and ushers. I know, let's see here. Ron, where did Ron go? Ron was here. Ah, his head's been down. And maybe Sean, I've got a couple of handouts, or actually a handout, but a couple of stacks of handouts. I want you to pass these out. Everyone gets a copy. This is actually your application portion of the message tonight is what's included on this handout. So we'll talk about it as we get to that point in the message. Psalm 37. I would say probably a familiar psalm to all of you. And I'm I'm admittedly taking some of this out of context of what this psalm is about. And I'll talk about the context of the psalm here momentarily. But as I was preparing a message wanting to focus on the end of the year and looking forward to a new year. Now, as I was reading this psalm, there are just a number of words that just really jumped out at me and grabbed a hold of me. And you see them, you see them on this sheet that I'm passing out there. And uh, so I wanted to build on that as we look forward to the upcoming year. But let's begin in Psalm 37 and verse 1. The Bible says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. And so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to open your word tonight, and, and to read it, and to study it, and to proclaim it. And Lord, we do pray that your Holy Spirit would do its work in each and every heart that's in this building tonight, or maybe within the hearing of uh, these words through our live stream or even watching it sometime later. Uh, Lord, speak to them. Speak to me. Show us what it is you would have us to do as we look at moving forward into a new year as this year comes to a close. And Father, we do thank you for all that was accomplished in 2022. Uh, For some, I know it's been a year of celebration and others, it's been a year of heartache and difficulty. But Lord, whatever the case, we know that because we trust in you and because we love you and we know your character, we know that you're in control and we know that you have a purpose that we submit ourselves to on a day-in and day-out basis. And so, Lord, we have no idea what the next few days will hold as we enter into a new year. But, Father, we will continue to trust you individually and as a church and look to you for our guidance, for our direction. Father, again, thank you for loving us. Thank you for answering our prayers. Thank you for blessing us with your presence. Thank you for your grace and mercy. And, Lord, most of all, for salvation. Knowing that uh, 
If we breathe our last breaths, even this evening, if we know you as Lord and Savior, that we'll enter into the presence of Almighty God for all eternity, enter into that place that you prepared for us. Father, we love you. We ask your blessing on this time now, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, David is writing Psalm 37, as we try to understand the context a little bit of it here, at an age where he is older, and he has gained wisdom from age. He has gained discernment from age in many of the the life experiences that he has gone through. And he addresses a question that is perplexing to so many in our world today. It's one that is addressed not only in Psalm 37, but in other places in the Word of God. And it comes up almost as a common theme, and that is people looking around and asking the question, why do evildoers or those who are workers of iniquity, as we see in verse 1, Why does it seem that they prosper in all that they do? And yet those that live a godly life or attempt to live a godly life face the greatest hardships and difficulty and challenges that life has to throw at them. And so David, in this psalm, guides our attention back to what really matters by focusing on what man's true worth is and the majesty and the power and the glory of our God, and ultimately pointing the reader of the psalm to the end of the story, so to speak, to be reminded of the truth and to not allow the temporal things that that may be experiencing that we're witnessing cause us to lose sight of and lose trust in or lose faith in the power of our God. In fact, we only read through verse 11, but just look at a few other verses that are in Psalm 30, 37 here. Again, for many, this is a familiar verse. You, you, you often go to it to find help and to find hope. But here's some of the rest of the story that David emphasizes here in verse 18. And I don't think these will be on the screen, so make sure your Bible's open to 37, Psalm 37. Verse 18 says, The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. So again, thank you, Lord. No matter what we go through, no matter if we see others that seemingly do everything against what God says, and they seem to get away with it. Lord, those of us that trust you, our inheritance shall be forever. Verse 25, I have been young, and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Again, thank you, Lord, for the way you care for us, the way that you know our needs and watch over us and and meet those needs. Verse 28, for the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. So again, we, we, we recognize the Lord's love for us, the fact that he has promised never to leave us nor forsake us, and he preserves us forever. Verse 29, the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. Again, that uh, repeats something that was said just a moment ago. Verse 34, wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Verse 39, but the, the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. Verse 40, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. So David is reminding us in this psalm, no matter what we see, and even if it discourages us or disheartens us because it seems like the, the wicked and the, the evildoers are getting away with it, While we struggle and suffer, the Lord says, remember who you belong to. 
Remember, I'm going to take care of you, not only now in the moment, but forever, that I prepared an eternal home for you. Trust in me, and I will meet all of the needs that you have. So David is reminding the reader of that. But as I mentioned earlier, as I was preparing this message and thinking about looking forward to 2023, there are a number of words that just jumped out as I read this psalm. Verse 3, trust. Verse 4, delight. Verse 5, commit. Verse 7, rest. Verse 8, cease. And so a couple of weeks ago when we were in Acts chapter, end of chapter 2, and uh, I spoke about uh, the, the idea, it said the, the apostles continued in following the Lord and, and growing in the Lord. And we, we talked about how sometimes when people come to the end of a year and they're looking at the new year, they're thinking about maybe identifying a word that they can hold on to that will be kind of the theme of that year. That whenever I find myself going off course, I, I go back to that word. And, and we're saying, you know, continue is a great word. If, if that's something that, that you're prone to do, is there a better word than that? Keep going. Don't give up. Keep focused. Keep moving forward. Continue. And I find, as I was reading Psalm 37, some of these same words had that same impact on me today as we look forward. And so David is reminding the reader here to focus on things that really matter, the things that are important. Don't focus on the temporal things like power and position and money or things that money can buy. No, focus on the reality that as believers we have so much more than the temporal things that will eventually all go away. Our value is infinitely more than that. And um, it's not based on the things that we will gather together or the possessions that we may have and so forth. So David draws our attention back to our Lord and how as we, we as believers can refocus on what truly is important and then live it out. In our, in our Christian walk. Um, and so that's what these words point us back to. And so these are great words in these early verses here. And so we're going to look at those and draw them out this morning or this evening in terms of how we can apply them going forward in 2023. So how will, how will you engage with the Lord in 2023? To keep growing, to keep trusting him more, to keep delighting in him more, to keep, keep committing more to him, to find rest in him, to cease from things like anger and wrath that you see here. Uh, what will you do? How will you engage in this? So it's important for us to realize that we have a part in this as well. Um, you've heard me say often, because I believe it with all my heart, because I know it to be true. I have been a believer since I was 11 years old. So that means for 47 years I have been saved. And yet I'm, not yet I'm not yet like Christ, which means I have changing to do. I have growing to do. I can't just stay where I'm at. The Lord wants to change me more and more in the image of his son. And so I want 2023 to be the best year yet. Not necessarily in the temporal things that happen to me, but the best year yet in terms of my growth. I want to be more like Christ in 2023 than I was in 2022. And I think all of us would give a hearty amen to that because that should be all of our focus. So I think as we walk through a number of these words and challenge ourselves about what we're doing and how we're doing in these areas and what we need to do to grow in these areas, they will help us to move forward in the coming year, growing and become more and more like Christ. So let's look at this first one, verse 3. The Bible says, trust in the Lord and do good. So thou, thou shalt dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. 
So trust. There's a big difference between trusting in the Lord and trusting in other people or trusting in things. To trust in the Lord, we must wholly rely on God's promises, on his wisdom, on his power, on his love to help us in every circumstance. You know, and I think we all know this, human understanding is subject to error. God, on the other hand, sees and understands everything. He is the one who, that we can lean on and trust in when we don't understand what's going on. We should trust in the Lord with all of our heart because human understanding is tainted by sin. It's limited in its wisdom. It makes impulsive assumptions about things or about people or about people's motives. And it often is based on or leads to acting on faulty emotions. We are not always right. But trusting in the Lord begins by believing in Jesus for salvation. And I hope everyone in here tonight, and I don't know all of you, but I know most all of you, have trusted in the Lord, called upon him for salvation, realized you needed to trust in him for salvation. When we trust in him, we acknowledge that salvation is found in no one else. For there is none other name given, given under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved, as, saved, as Acts 4.12 tells us. And when we get to know God, as, as we spend more time with him in prayer and in Bible study, and the more we know of God, the more we will, by nature, love him. And the more we love him, the more we'll trust in him and trust in him alone with all of our hearts for wisdom, for decision, for direction, for everything. Look at uh, Jeremiah chapter 17 as we see some of the benefits of trusting in the Lord. Jeremiah 17 verses 7 and 8. Verse 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So, the benefits of trusting in the Lord are very evident here. Uh, God blesses those who trust in him. God cares for us. Even when everything around us doesn't seem to make sense, it's describing a drought here. When, they're, when the waters dry up and the heat comes, but in spite of that, the leaf will still be green and, and they'll grow as if water was plentiful and uh, will not cease from being fruitful. So as believers, we put our trust in the Lord, and we reap amazing benefits by trusting in him and not trusting in ourselves or trusting in man. The one whose trust is in the Lord has hope and need not be fearful of difficulty or calamity that may come our way. Look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Very familiar. You've heard me say we have these verses and have had them for decades posted in our hallway in big Vinyl letters. I wanted my kids growing up seeing the truth of these verses every day of their lives. And many of you have this committed to memory, I know. 
To verse 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So what a wonderful thing it is to trust God with all your heart and have him direct your paths. We need to be on the path that God desires us to be on, not the path that we're trying to figure out for ourselves. The Bible says when we trust in him, he'll do that very thing. In fact, the next verse, um, verse 7, be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. Will you trust God in 2023? How can you grow your trust in him in this coming year? So that brings us to this application worksheet. And so this is something that I put together for myself. This is, uh, again, there's nothing um, magical about it. This is kind of just how I think when I start working on, you know, how can I move forward in a goal that I have for, the, for 2023. I've not, never been one to really make much of resolutions, but I like to be goal-driven. I like to set some very specific goals for myself and then in, in work throughout the course of the year to accomplish those. So moving forward in the new year, under trust, you have 10 spaces there. And so what I put on my worksheet and what I want to challenge you to do is, Lord, how can I learn to trust you more in 2023? How can I grow in this area of trust? Uh, And so here's some of the things I wrote down here. Number one, acknowledge daily that he is in control, not me. Uh, Acknowledge that that he will meet my needs. His word says it over and over again. And so I need to remind myself of that. I need to trust in him and not in my scheming or conniving to try and care for the needs that I have. I need to acknowledge that that he will protect us. He, he, in spite of what, what's going on and the fears that may, may be out there, God will protect us. That he will provide direction. Again, we've, we've just looked at that. That he will give wisdom. Again, these are things I need to trust God for on a daily basis. Lord, I need your wisdom today. Again, you've heard me speak of that often. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, as James tells us. I need to trust God that he forgives and that he restores um, I am going to need people to forgive me this coming year because I will probably fall short of what the Lord would expect and what you would expect. And uh, so I am thankful and I need to trust God that he does forgive and he does restore. I need to trust God that he lavishes with grace. Uh, our God is a God that lavishes. I think I saw Shannon put that on a post this week, that God lavishes. That is a great word to describe He overwhelms us with his grace. Abundance beyond measure, abundance beyond our ability to count is how God gives grace. I need to trust that he'll answer our prayers, answer my prayers. And so I'm going to him, trusting him to do that as I bring very important matters to him in prayer. I'm trusting that he can make me content, that I won't be unsettled by this ever-present desire that always keeps trying to raise its ugly head saying, I need more, I want more, I wish I had more, but to be content. I need to trust that he is faithful. God's word tells us over and over again that he is faithful. Again, a simple statement, but yet profound. And I know those are somewhat generic, and I get more specific in some of these others, but those are things that as I want to grow in trusting the Lord more, I need to remind myself on a daily basis that I am trusting God in each of these areas. So my plan is not to do this as an exercise tonight, but to do it, put it in my Bible that I use in my quiet time, 
And so that I come across it on a daily basis, and I can glance at it and ask myself, am I trusting God to take care of me? Am I trusting God to protect me, to give me wisdom, to uh, forgive and restore, and all these sort of things? Again, that will help me apply the truth of this idea of trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. So we're going to walk through that as we go forward tonight in each of these words. So that's the first one, trust. The second one is delight, verse 4 in Psalm 37. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. So delighting thyself in the Lord means that our hearts truly find peace and fulfillment in him. Does your heart find peace and fulfillment in the Lord? Are you delighting in him? How can you grow in this area of delighting in him in 2023? If we truly find our satisfaction and our worth in the Lord, this passage tells us that he will give us the desires of our heart. So does that mean if we go to church every Sunday or Wednesday, as it is tonight, that he will give us that shiny new Corvette or Ford Maverick that we may desire or that big house? Of course not. That's not what that means. The idea here is that when we rejoice or delight in the eternal things of God, including who he is, his character that comes out in this Psalm 31 and these other passages we've been looking at and will look at, that our desires begin to parallel his desires. And and when that happens, we will never go unfulfilled. And so the closer we get to him, the more our desires begin to change. Change from our own selfish desires, things that we want, and then we begin wanting the things that God wants for us as well as for others. Matthew 6.33 is a great verse that reinforces this truth. Again, many of you have this verse committed to memory. It's a great one to commit to memory. And maybe that's something you would put on your trust list there. I trust that God will help me to hide his word in my heart in 2023. I'm going to try to memorize more. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, many people delight in wealth and status and possessions and many other temporary things of this world, but they are never satisfied. They're always wanting more. Again, we just finished up a great example of that in the life of Solomon as he pursued every one of those things that I just mentioned, trying to find some real and lasting meaning and purpose in life. And with each one of those things, he came to the conclusion that it was meaningless, vanity, it says. So, so much after that, giving his life to all these pursuits, these temporal things, it even said, as you remember in the study, that He said, therefore, I hated life. A man that had so much wisdom and so much wealth at his uh, possession, it was meaningless to the point where he hated life. Finally, he concluded the pursuit of meaning, uh, all those things that were meaningless, with the following statement at the end of Ecclesiastes. So look at verse 12 in the book of Ecclesiastes. Boy, if we could all learn this and take it to heart 
and then change our life based on what Solomon said here. Verse 13 of chapter 12, he says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. So whether you're a college-age kid that's here or a teenager or a young adult or a medium-age adult or an older person, again, the conclusion of the whole matter, fear God and keep his commandments. You'll never be deeply fulfilled or happy with the things that the world has to offer you because that's not how God designed us. That's not how he created us. That's not how he wired us. But if we determine to find our joy and our hope in God first, seek ye first the kingdom of God, he will meet all of our needs. He'll even grant our wants, as Psalm 37 tells us here, as our desires begin to line up with what God wants, again, for us and for others. The Lord will never satisfy, but when we choose to delight in God's ways, he will always provide above and beyond our expectations, and he does so eternally. And we saw that all throughout Psalm 37. If you doubt this, go to someone in our church whose hair has turned gray or maybe has gone altogether, that you know follows the Lord. They've proved it over decades. And ask them if this is true. And be prepared to hear someone just gush about how great God is how true the things that I'm sharing with you tonight uh, will play out in your life if you choose to do things the way God designed you to do them. There's, a, there's something inside of us that wants to prove this wrong, that wants to prove that no, I, can, I can have all these things. I can get all the stuff that the world wants me to give, and I can find delight in that. The Bible says you cannot serve two masters. You have to make a choice. And... Um, Again, prove me. Talk to someone. First John chapter 2. Don't let life circumstances determine your delight level. Don't allow yourself to get so overwhelmed with the problems that you're facing or that you'll undoubtedly face in 2023 that will try to steal your delight. Instead, look to the Lord who can rise above all of our circumstances. He does not fall. He cannot fail. Delight in him. First John two seventeen. In the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And then turn back to 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56. I love this verse. I have turned back to this verse so many times in my walk with the Lord and been helped by it. Again, I said, go to the Lord who cannot fail, who will not fail, and choose to delight in him. First uh, Kings 8, verse 56 says, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people according to all that he promised. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. Did you get a hold of that? There hath not failed one word of all his good promise. Can I get an amen right there? I mean, do you agree with that? Those who have lived life 
and put God to the test as he challenged us even the book of Malachi. And we see his word holds up. These things that David wrote in Psalm thousands of years ago still have meaning and truth and power for us today. God will not fail. No matter what you're going through, God will not fail. So how do we delight in the Lord in 2023? Back to our application sheet here. I put, and I'm not going to share all these, but I'm going to delight by choosing to have joy in the midst of uncertainty. We live in a world today that is full of uncertainty. I'm going to choose joy in the midst of that. I'm going to find delight in my salvation. Um, Preach the gospel to yourself every day. Remind yourself of what Jesus Christ did for you when he came to earth as a babe, but then when he went to the cross and shed his blood to pay our sin debt and got victory over sin and death, making it possible for me to be forgiven and made right with God and given an eternal home in heaven. I'm going to delight in my family, my blood family, Chris, my, my kids, my grandkids. I'm going to delight in my church family. I love my church family. I'm going to delight in the fact that Jesus is enough. It's not I need more. Jesus is enough. I'm going to delight in the fact that Jesus is always with me, that he has given me an eternal home, that he's coming again, again, on and on. Um, Ask yourself, how can I grow in my delight in the Lord in 2023? And what will I commit to do to, to accomplish that in this coming year? All right, number three, back in Psalm 37, verse five. Commit, commit is the word, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So the word commit here literally means to roll over. Instead of fretting because of evildoers, as we saw in verse 1, workers of iniquity, we should take our great burdens and roll them over onto the Lord. It's the idea that we get in 1 Peter 5, 7, when the Bible says, casting all our cares upon him, for he careth for you. Rolling those over unto him, not taking them back with you. So trust him. Again, we see that. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. He shall bring it to pass. So trust and remember that God is working. He said he would. He says he will in this, in this chapter here. And he's working on his timetable. That's the hard part, right? His timetable is not always our timetable. He has a grand plan. Trust in his grand plan and commit your ways to him. When we commit our way to the Lord and trust in him, God is faithful to bring forth our righteousness. Verse 6, And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. So he'll bring that forth in us. Our righteousness cause us to live in such a way that righteousness is reflected in our lives. And in doing so, we'll become more like him. And um, again, isn't that the ultimate objective? That we become more like Christ? As I said earlier, 47 years and I am not yet like Christ. Which means I have growing to do, changing to do. I want to see his righteousness continue to be worked out in me. So that I can please him and become more like him. And I can continue to shine as a light in the midst of this dark world. What does this look like? Uh, committing ourselves to the Lord? Well, Galatians 5.22, familiar passage. Galatians 5.22 and 23. 
Again, many of you have this memorized, and that's another great passage for us to hide in our hearts. The fruit of the Spirit. So do these words describe you? Do these words describe you today? Do they describe you when you were driving here in your car tonight? Or maybe home from work earlier today? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. That's what it looks like, this idea of committing ourselves to the Lord so that his righteousness will manifest um, through our lives. A person who is walking in the Spirit will see the fruit of the Spirit demonstrated in their lives. Again, is this true in your life? Are you committed to doing life your way or his way? What will you commit for him, to him, in 2023? So again, that brings us back to our application worksheet. I commit to serve. I commit to serve more. And maybe a specific ministry that the Lord is leading you in. I commit to do this, Lord, for your glory and for my good and for my growth. I commit to live to please him. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Psalm 1914. I want to please him with what I say. I want to please him with how I think. So I'm going to commit to do that, Lord. I'm committing to grow. I think it takes a commitment to do that. You grow by coming to church, but again, it took a commitment to to be here on a Wednesday night when there's other things you could have been doing. But commit to grow. Maybe that means I'm going to read through the Bible, you know, cover to cover this year. Or I'm going to read a number of good Christian spiritual books that will uplift me and challenge me and stretch me. I'm going to commit to witness. I'm going to commit to share my faith with others. My neighbors on my street or my coworkers, those that I know I should have been sharing with, but I've kept my mouth shut about. I've not seized opportunities. I'm going to commit to help others grow. Uh, I'm going to be used by the Lord as an, as an instrument to help disciple others. I'm going to commit to turn from sin. I'm going to run from sin that maybe has had a stronghold in my life, maybe a particular sin. I'm going to commit to be faithful, to pray, to read, to study, to meditate, to memorize, all those sort of things. I'm going to commit to develop friendships. That's something I put on my list. I need to develop my friendships. I need to invest more in friendships. So I'm committing to do that. Again, God-honoring, Christ-honoring. All right, let's move on. Four. Verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. So rest here does not primarily mean taking a break from activity, relaxing, taking a nap, stopping to regain your strength in order to keep moving forward. Now, I say that, I don't mean to belittle those things. Those things are necessary. Even the Lord got away from the busyness of the work he was doing to rest, to get quiet, to re-energize physically and spiritually. And so those things are good. The older I get, the idea of a midday nap sounds better and better. And I kind of fight that idea. But I'm sitting on the couch at 5 p.m. tonight getting ready for dinner, and I told Chris, boy, I could sure use a nap right now. That's why I had a a short, small little cup of coffee when I came here tonight. But... um, Those things are good and necessary, but the rest that's being spoken of here in Psalm 31 is 
something a little bit different. Rest in the Lord refers to spiritual rest, resting from worry and stress and anxiety and confusion and human effort. Uh, You know, the idea that I've, I've got to solve this problem myself, as well as taking a break from our enemies, those that are always constantly pursuing us, including at times our flesh. So rest means to be at peace, to be still, to be quiet or calm. If you think about it in that context, how are you doing in rest? How are you doing in getting quiet? I I know the challenges of that. Uh, Many of you, some, not many of you, some of you are young moms. Some of you, you know, you run from one thing to the next and there's hardly a spare moment to do anything. But uh, rest needs to be a priority for us as believers. We need to get quiet so we can hear our Lord speak. When was the last time you purposely created quiet just so you could hear the Lord? I've, heard, I've shared this story many times in the past. It's something that was kind of an aha moment for me. I had an old car years ago. It was a Jeep. And the radio died. And I think at this time I, was, I had two offices. One was in Akron, my main office, and one was in Toledo. So either, every day I was either driving to Akron or I was driving to Toledo. And I did that for a number of years. And when the radio went out, man, that, was, that became a lonely, initially, a very lonely, it would drive me crazy. You know, in the cars, two hours to Toledo and two hours back later, no radio to listen to. And then finally, the Lord said, why don't you use this time to memorize scripture or to just pray with your eyes open, of course. And, um, and so I did that. And I, learned, I memorized more scripture in that six months to a year that I had no radio in my car than at any other point in my entire life. And I did it with a little three-by-five card. I'd write it on there, and I'd stick it up right in front of the, the uh, steering wheel. And then that year, Chris got me a radio for Christmas to put in the Jeep. And I put it in, and some of that stuff went away. But uh, uh, get quiet. I mean, I struggle with that. I like to work. I like to stay busy. I like to keep moving. But I need to slow down and just get quiet before the Lord and rest. Rest in him. Listen for him. Um, people who were not at rest was primarily because they were fretting about something, as you see here. Uh, Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. So they, they were so caught up in what others were doing, how the wicked were prospering and the things that they were getting away with, that it was causing them not to be able to rest. And so... Apparently, fretting is an issue that uh, David really wanted to get people's attention about and wanted to get our attention about, because we read about it in verse 1, fret not thyself because of evildoers. We see it in verse 7, fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. Um, It goes on in verse 8, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. So uh, that's an area that we need to be concerned about. This word fret means... uh, to blaze or to get hot. It encompasses the idea of being on fire with worry and with anxiety, to be impatient, looking for an immediate solution to whatever injustice is being played out before us. 
How come this guy's not getting what he deserves? And it just drives us crazy. And so we know that as believers, we are not a granted immunity from life storms. Rather, we have a choice about how we will act in the midst of those storms. Our natural tendency may be to run around frantically looking for a solution, looking for help, trying to save ourselves from trouble. But we can also choose to stop running around and we can run to God and find rest in his presence. To run to the God that will take care of us, that will watch over us. Look over at Matthew chapter 11. This is a tremendous verse, three verses I want to look at here. This is one I have been working on recently trying to memorize. For whatever reason, I've, I've used this passage so many times, but I've just, it's, some verses just click with you, and I've always struggled with this. So I have someone holding me accountable to memorize Psalm, or Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Let these words sink in. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Those are the words of Jesus. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isn't that what you need tonight? Isn't that what I need tonight? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in spirit. And you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So instead of fretting, be still, quiet yourself, surrender afresh to the Lord and to his purposes, and peacefully wait on him. How will you move forward in rest in 2023? Again, our application worksheet. Get quiet regularly. It's funny, I just grabbed my phone to check the time. Number two, less phone time. Boy, what an what a impediment to finding rest is our phones in this day and age. Complete a, pr- a prayer retreat. I've done this um, for a number of years now. I wasn't able to do it this past year where I go to a barn that Chris's parents own in Indiana, and I just hole up in the barn and out in the woods, usually in February or March, and just get quiet for the Lord. Fast, pray, look for direction from Him. Practice patience versus indulgence. It's a way of resting, meaning, put that in, I guess, everyday words, something I want, say no. You're not getting that. Better care for my body. Exercise, better care for my body and eating. Read on rest is something I commit to do this year. Remain balanced, not over-programmed. It's easy to get out of balance in our lives as well. All right, last one. Cease, verse 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Um, cease. I mean, it's simple, right? Stop. Quit. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. The apparent prospering of the wicked can lead to the a flesh-controlled man to respond in anger and wrath, but believers are not to respond in that manner. In fact, Ephesians four twenty-nine to thirty-two 
It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And then you see, uh, go on to the next verse there on the screen. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So those are the things to cease or to stop doing this. Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking. Put it away from you. And it's to be replaced. So see, it's never enough, and you've heard me say this often, it's never enough just to stop. It does say cease here. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. But it has to be replaced. So we're to replace that with kindness. And be kind one to another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So, how could you grow in this area of ceasing in 2023? What do you need to stop doing and what do you need to replace that with? And so, when you think about this, please think of it in that idea of put off and put on. Stop doing this, start doing that. Cease from this, start afresh and anew doing this. So, in my application worksheet here, because it was all throughout Psalm 37, cease from fretting getting worried, getting angry, getting anxious, and replace that with trust. I need to cease getting angry when I drive. I need to replace that with prayer. Right, Chris? (laughs) Right, Abby? (laughs) Instead of getting angry with this person, I need to pray for them. Lord needs to change my heart in that area. Um... I need to cease being selfish and replace that with serving or blessing others. I need to cease wasting time, replace that with being intentional, ministering to others. I need to cease being a loner, replace with building relationships. Again, I like being alone. That's how God wired me. But again, God has called me to ministry. I cannot always revert to a comfort zone. I have to stay out of that comfort zone to minister to others. And so those are maybe too personal for you, but those are things that the Lord is impressed on me when I want, what do I want to change in 2023 to grow, not be satisfied with where I'm at, but to keep moving forward. And uh, again, trust, delight, commit, rest, cease. If we decide to do nothing, but keep coming to church, I mean, that's a good thing. Keep coming Sunday school and Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday. I know you'll be blessed. It's a Wednesday night crowd. You're serving in Master Club, a lot of you. And again, that's a blessing. But unless we intentionally determine to keep doing more, to keep growing, realizing that we're not yet like Christ, that we've got to change, then chances are we'll just kind of go with the flow, let the waves take us wherever they're going to take us. But if we say, Lord, you know, I'm not the same man I was 30 years ago. I don't have the same energy or the same strength, the same vigor. But, Lord, I want to keep growing. I want to keep serving. I want to keep doing for you. I want you you to keep molding me into the image of Christ. So, Lord, show me what it is you want me to do in the coming year. Put some things down on paper and commit to them and offer them back to the Lord and say, Lord, I give this to you. Help me to do these things for your glory, Lord, not for my own. And then put it in your Bible and open it up. Glance at it every day. Maybe 
There's five things here, so Monday through Friday, read through one of them. Maybe make a copy of this and give it to someone, a trusted friend that will hold you accountable and say, I give you permission to ask me how I'm doing about any one of these things. Again, if you really want to grow, um, be willing to be accountable to that. Be willing to let someone else challenge you about how you're doing because they love you and because they want to encourage you and they want to spur you on to growth. How will you move forward in 2023? And maybe this doesn't work for you, but find something that does. Find something that does. And I know the Lord will bless you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the chance to uh, look at this powerful psalm this evening. Thank you, Lord, that uh, your word is so powerful. In fact, your word says that it's alive, it's quick, it's powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so, Lord, pierce through our hearts tonight. Show each one of us individually what it is you want us to do in the coming year to bring glory and honor to the name of Christ, to cause us to grow, to cause us to change, to cause us to stop certain sinful behaviors and replace them with God-honoring behaviors, to trust you more when maybe our natural tendency is to try and figure it out ourselves, or to delight when all we seem to be able to find is just what's wrong with everything, but to delight in you, to rest, to get quiet, to have our spirit renewed and refreshed just by coming into the presence of Almighty God. Father, so much that we need to be reminded of and keep changing. Father, thank you for loving us, for giving us your word, these promises that we touched on this evening throughout your word. May they be real to us. May they motivate us and empower us and equip us to live for you and not for ourselves. Lord, help us not to be worried about the evildoers and those who are working iniquity and worrying that they seem to be getting away with it when we struggle. Lord, help us to remember whose we are, whose property we belong to, and the promises that you have given us for our future. Now that you'll always be there with us and care for us and meet our needs and cause us to be fruitful in the midst of barrenness. Father, again, we love you. And Lord, may we apply the things that we spoke about this evening. We ask these things in your son's precious name. Amen. All right, let me pull out my phone again, check the time. All right, just a couple of things here. Um, some questions to think about. Maybe you can jot these down before we get into our prayer time. Um, what was an unexpected joy this past year? As you look back in the past year, what was an unexpected obstacle? Again, I think it's time to, it's always helpful to take time to reflect on what the Lord brought you through, the journey he put you on in the previous year, and what he was trying to teach you through those things. So uh, as these last few days unwind here, before Saturday strikes midnight, think about an unexpected joy, unexpected obstacle, what the Lord tried to teach you through that. Uh, some of the best books you read this year. Anybody have a book that they read that they said was just outstanding? I want everyone to know about this, and I recommend it highly. Anybody have a recommendation like that? I read a book. It's called Grab a Towel by Tim Tucker. Phenomenal book on servant leadership. Um, if you want to read it, I can probably get you a copy. It was uh, He is in South Africa 
And the book was published in England, and it's almost impossible to find here in the States. I've gotten to know this author because I, I thought the book was so powerful and helpful for me. He's become a friend of mine, and so I can get books directly from him now, but they come from overseas. But again, if you're into servant leadership or want to grow as a leader in the church and you want to do it like Christ-led, excellent book, Grab a Towel. You can actually you can listen to it on uh, Audible or Amazon Books for a couple bucks, I think. So, and I think Tim uh, narrates that book as well. Any other a book you read this year that I thought was really excellent? Yes, Becky. Leave your sparkle behind. Excellent. Yes, Nancy. The Bay of Satan. Bay of Satan. Bait. Bait of Satan. Ah, okay. Absolutely, the wiles of the devil. Um, be a reader. And maybe that's something you need to put on your commitment for 2023. I'm going to read a book that's not assigned to me. I want to read it to grow, become more like Christ. Brother Ron told me about a movie. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago called Mully, M-U-L-L-Y. Find it on some streaming. Roku, I think, is where I found it. It is powerful. It's a documentary of a man who started an orphanage in Kenya, how he went into the, and rescued kids right off of the slums of, of Kenya, and it is, it is an hour. If you can get through it without sobbing, yeah, you must have no emotional um, fortitude, but it's such a good book, or such a good movie. Um, the biggest things you learned from the past year Dwell on these things. Think on them and then praise the Lord for uh, how he's at work in your life. Thank you. Thank him for another year of life. I know we've not all made it through 2022 yet, but we're getting close. But uh, thank the Lord and then offer yourself afresh and anew, recommitted to him that 2023 will be the best year yet in your life in terms of growing and become more and more like Christ. Amen. All right, prayer sheet.